0: Lock
1: the gates! Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. How? What the fuck? Number give. And it's also, yeah. What the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck?
0: With Mark Marin.
1: All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? is? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck nicks? What are we, a week into the new year? Things are okay. I I don't feel spectacular. Uh, I had a big plan. I had a big plan over uh, the vacation that I was going to exercise and eat well and uh, get my mind clear to start shooting uh, the second season of Marin again. That was my plan. That did not happen. I'm losing my mind a little bit. Already in the new year, I can't tell. I can't tell what is happening there. You know, there's new things going on in my life. Uh, meeting new people, I find I'm not really that sociable a person. You know, I have an opportunity. Hey, you want to go to a party, hang out, play some games, play some games. Uh, I've never done that. I've never been in a in a party situation where uh, the, the game taboo is broken out and we break into teams and play a game with just some people hanging out. It was it was a fun experience. Why don't I do that kind of stuff? I don't know. All right, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. When it's presented to me as an option, hey, what do you say we hang out with some other people? Really? Do we have to go somewhere? Is there a thing? I don't. Uh. Andy Sandberg is on the show today. Okay, Andy Sandberg, a well-adjusted, uh, talented young man who uh, works hard and things are working out for him. So that's a tricky interview for me. This guy's a young guy. Things have worked out. He worked. He focused. Got a gig on SNL. Did his thing. Does his thing. Popular. Attractive person. Very, very nice to talk to him. So you'll listen to me and Andy in a second. Jews. I know some of you get annoyed with that. The Jewish thing. But the Jewish thing is the Jewish thing. All right, so. Socializing. I live a small life, my friends. All the socializing I do is right here in this room for the most part. Sometimes I go to events, this and that, but uh, generally uh, keep it a small circle—just me and the cats. I don't necessarily have a story, other than the fact that I went to a party and I played taboo for the first time, and uh, I wasn't afraid to give clues. It's interesting as a performer uh, that when you get in front of people in almost any other context, you think like, "Well, don't you just turn on the juice? You got chops." and then you are like uh, no I'm, I'm petrified what if i don't do this well what if i don't do taboo well i did end up trying to give a clue that was clear to to my team at this party it was watchdog that was the that was the word we were there and my team they were uh, some new friends and some other people uh, they got the guard dog security dog uh, uh the other kind of dog every other kind of dog but watchdog so in the middle of the taboo game when it timed out i called some relative strangers people i just met i said no watchdog you fucking idiots and that's how you don't get invited to a party again but fortunately with the crew i was with uh, it was funny i felt embarrassed that uh, my rage had revealed itself in that way to people that i was not in a relationship with of any kind but uh But because of that, I think we had a humorous moment getting into the present. I'm going to be honest with you. I am doing this broadcast naked. And uh, I know you are thinking like, well, that's an old radio trick. That's a ha ha funny. Yeah. uh, You know, I can do that. Why would you believe me? Well, there's nothing I can do to make you believe me. But I'm telling you, I'm fucking naked right now. And I've never done this. So we're all having this moment together. I'm scared. Please hold me. Don't know why I'm naked. I think it's some part of me that uh, I am I'm going to overcome my body shame by sitting here naked before you, my audience, who can't see me. <laughs> yeah, I'm just wearing some Ugg swippers. I don't know where I got them. I don't know why. I didn't buy them. They arrived somehow. Ugg swippers. They're not Ugg boots, so I wish I were sitting here naked in Ugg boots because there's a picture. But, I mean, you can picture the swippers, too. They're um. They're just, you know, they got the fuzzy inside and in their leather, black leather slippers with fuzzy inside. That's all I'm wearing right now because I want to be present. I want to feel the awkwardness, the the walk from house to garage naked, not knowing if the neighbors are there. Exciting. I want to be in the present. I'll tell you, man, the amount of juice I got just walking from the house to the garage naked in broad daylight was fucking exciting. How exciting would it be to drive somewhere? with no clothing option like just scramble to the car get in start driving around naked you know baby steps i'm not going to go into a business because that might cause trouble i I imagine if i got pulled over by a cop and i was naked i would be arrested for driving naked but if i had shoes on i don't know would i be breaking a law other than naked in public i guess but baby steps maybe just take a drive around the block totally nude with no covering available to see how that feels how does that present feel? I think on some level we should walk through the world as if we're naked. Just to feel alive and unashamed. I am clearly having problems that I am not getting at. Naked day on WTF. That's where I'm at. Now, I, I should tell you right now that uh, I was not naked during the Andy Sandberg interview. Uh, This interview was done previously, previous to me being naked. Pow! Look out! I better not shit anything. Naked. Justcoffee.coop, available wtfpod.com. All right, let's enter it. That's not a good thing to say naked either. Okay, now I present you. How's that? I'm presenting things now. And by the way, I appreciate... Uh, everybody getting on uh, getting into Marin uh, first season of Marin up on Netflix now so I didn't realize how many people didn't have the IFC or don't know what IFC is or don't know who I am I don't have a big uh, grandiose idea of myself I know that just because I've been out in the world and uh, on television here and there and doing this podcast and, and other things for the last 25 years that there are plenty of people in the world that don't know me most people in the world don't know me but you know, uh, the first season of Marin is up on, on IFC, and P- I'm getting a lot of tweets of people going, "Like, how did I not know who you are? I don't know. What's your dress? I would have come over. I'm naked. Okay, okay. So let's uh, let's go now to my conversation with uh, with Andy Sandberg. Enjoy. that too loud no I can't hear anything you can't how about now yeah, I can't yeah. yeah yeah you can get right up on that thing. pretty tech savvy yeah you, just turn- <laughs> you are that's you're you're the uh, <clears throat> you've redefined it all I get a lot of credit for for what Keeve and Jorm have done <laughs> what they were the brains behind the whole thing they still are really yeah the whole Lonely Island event has nothing to do with
0: you well the a lot of the comedy does yeah so you're the funny guy <laughs> well we're all funny they're, okay they're just funny and smart right I'm not smart. Yeah, but they're the guy, you're the guy <laughs> saying like, can you upload this? Does this upload? I'm the they, guy that when we would go into to like a pitch meeting would make all the executives laugh, and they're the guys that actually cut our thing and made it look right. So
1: you do your little clown show, yeah, and they're like, "No, these guys are going to tell you how it works."
0: <laughs> <laughs> but my boys here are going to run it down for you. <laughs> I could tell you, but they're they're gonna, they know how to say it better. No, I mean Akiva, especially. I, I don't. Uh, do you know of the group? The long- yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Akiva is the one that's sort of. His his idea in the very beginning was yeah. there's no reason why we can't make our stuff look good even though we don't have any money.
1: Well, that seems to be uh, uh, like one thing that everybody should realize. There's no
0: reason for shit to look bad. There's yes. no VHS anymore. It's not. Absolutely. It and we, can, we yeah. would do things like Channel 101 and that kind of stuff. And yeah. I remember there were people who would be like, it's not fair. Like. Your guy's stuff looks pro, and we're like, we spend the same amount. Akiva just knows how to work the camera really well.
1: Right. So, uh, but like, what kind do you own your own gear? Does he have his own? He has his own shit now. I mean, at right. this
0: at this point, we yeah. don't because everything we do, we just use other people's stuff. Right. Um, but at that time, I mean, when we got hired on SNL, we were using a mini DV camera. That was it. Lazy Sunday's mini DV, yeah. Really? Mm hmm. That's fucking insane. That's the best. So nobody can, well,
1: that's what people always say, ask me about podcasting, like, what should I do? I'm like, well, just spend a little money on microphones. Yeah. You don't have to fucking, you got one thing. Yeah. You're just talking. Yeah. Don't get a, like a snowball or like something
0: that you sit in the middle of a table. Yeah. So, also, also willing, sorry to cut you off, but willing to finish something to <laughs> like, to the end. I went to film school at NYU and I talk about this all the time. There's kids in my classes that would spend yeah. thousands of dollars yeah. on a student film. Yeah. And then I, I worked on the editing floor part-time cause yeah. I, to make extra money. And I'd be like, oh, when are you going to finish your thing? they be like, eh, I don't like it. <laughs> I was like, why wouldn't you f- you spend all the money? Why don't you finish it? And Akiva had, took that even further where he'd be yeah. like, don't just finish it, but finish it to as perfect as a thing as it can be always no matter what. Well I think that's challenging for and I think that's the difference between like
1: a professional or a an artist willing to take risks and somebody who's just like, "No, I'm going to do a thing." Right. Because I think sometimes, and I, and I, I'm sure you know this to be true that you know midway through a thing, a lot of times you're like, yeah, it's fucking awful, yeah. But there's some party that goes like, that's, eh, it's good enough. Good.
0: <laughs> well, it's certainly not going to get any better if you quit on it. That's right. Yeah. And and so you just got to work with what you have and and yeah. release it. It's also easy to lose track of why you thought an idea was good halfway through. I mean, I think everyone who works on anything creative gets that feeling at some point.
1: Well, I think on SNL, I sometimes don't know how people decide that. <laughs> They're like, what, oh, how do, Yeah, I how, mean, how do you know we're like we're some some sketches?" And uh, I'm older, but I'm not a moron. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some
0: some sketches, I'm like, I'm not sure I get this at all, really. Right. Like, there's just a, a half of it is about commitment. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, look, SNL from the beginning has been a show. In my opinion, yeah. where and I think most people agree, including Lauren, yeah. uh, where you know you try your best every week, and usually there's some stuff that really works, some stuff that kind of works, and some stuff that doesn't. Yeah. And the cool thing about working there and getting feedback is yeah. learning the thing you think didn't work for somebody else did work. Yeah, you got it. You got to detach. There's no way to give a a proper uh, review of an episode of SNL, right? Because you can do it like, oh, I'm the guy who writes for Split Sider. These are the ones I liked. Generally, it's five to the thing that it was on at 5 to <laughs> yeah, 1. Yeah, that's the guy who writes for Splitsider. Right. Which, <laughs> yeah. generally, by the way, is yeah. what I agree with. I, yeah. I do enjoy. So, it's your favorite online publication? <laughs> <laughs> I just mean, like, you know, places like Splitsider or Videogum or something right. that, that like the weirder stuff that are right. for people who work in comedy. You're bored with something that's a little more basic. Yeah. And on the other hand, you go look at like a Yahoo review of mm-hmm. SNL, and generally they're going to like the big flashy, you know, Miley Cyrus twerking pop culture thing at sure. the top of the show, right? Which for guys that work, guys and girls who work in comedy, frankly, is like, yeah, we knew that was going to happen. Sure. So yeah. they had to do that's like Mad Magazine. They had the uh, yeah the movie parodies <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and then you got to the weirder shit exactly. So I mean, and and I think both of them should and need to exist on SNL.
1: Let's go back.
0: Okay uh let's let's process my uh feelings about you okay i'd love that
1: (laughs) uh when he first came on the scene i think it was not unlike many of my peers in my age group i Mm. think the the consensus was who the fuck is that kid and then (laughs) (laughs) that annoying hair yeah who's that jewish kid (laughs) with the the, how often is there a good looking jewish kid Uh what does that happen
0: uh, maybe that was just me. I can't speak for my peers. I hope that it was more than just you, because that makes me feel really good about myself. That you're a good-looking Jewish kid? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you want to be are. the good-looking Jew. Well, you are the good-looking Jew, right? I thought it was, uh, Max Greenfield. I don't know who that is. He's on Girls. He's very handsome. Oh, is he? Yeah. Well. Very funny. Oh, I think I know who you're talking he's about. He's a nightmare, guy. But that's that guy. freakish. It's he's, like, fr- nice, funny, and handsome. And Jewish. Yeah. It's freakish. There's if, he's, if he's not Jewish, he needs to change his last name. <laughs> I would say so. His full Max Greenfield. It's like the juiciest name ever in my life. <laughs> That's a good one.
1: <laughs> so, but I I always assume just projecting a life onto you based on my own experience that sure. you're like some Long Island kid who right. just, you know, made his way over to New York, you lived in Great Neck or something. Not yeah. Yeah. not yeah. at all. Do, do people think that
0: about you? Everyone I'm, thinks I'm from New York, yeah. Really? Uh I have a good friend. My friend Chester's from Great Neck, actually, and my father is from Long Island, and my okay. mother is from Manhattan. So. so I got it right. Yeah. They just ran away because it was too jewy. They were they were hippies who moved to uh, the Bay Area in in California in, what, this, like, in what 1970. Year? Oh, real hippies. Yeah, for realsies. Yeah. So um, you grew up with that? Or no, you were born in when? You were born
1: in I was 94? Born in
0: <laughs> 70, 78. Okay. I'm 35. Yeah. I feel I feel like older than I what did last year. I'll tell you that. You got uh, brothers and sisters? Two older sisters. Really? Yeah. Oh, so that that helped you out. It definitely made me want to get attention.
1: Yeah, made get get attention, <laughs> understand women. There's a lot of pluses to sisters. Oh yeah, sister. Do
0: you have sisters? None. None. No, I was no the. Uh, I have a little brother that uh, that took a lot. Little brother. Yeah, he got, got yeah, it. it's not so you were the oldest and you didn't have any sisters. No. It's it's just, just me to, and him. You had to figure out life basically by yourself. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I figured it out. <laughs> I, I'd say that that's an
1: ongoing <laughs> challenge for me. <laughs> oh. I talk about I feel like oldest kids have it fucking hard, man. Well, you know, you're special and then the then the next kid comes and you're like, Who the fuck is that guy? And that lasts you a lifetime. And yeah. then you have to deal with that. And you feel like you're in charge of taking care of your folks. Generally. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I cut them off. You know, yeah. I'm. Like, yeah, they. You know, <laughs> Smart. They, they, they misbehaved. Right, right. They're, right. That's they're that. being punished. Yeah, okay. I, I owe them nothing.
0: <laughs> it hasn't been easy for me. But do you feel <laughs> protective over your brother? Yeah, yeah. Me and my brother get along pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Do you? What, are your sisters? Did they beat up on you? Or? Yeah, but as much as sisters do, it was more like how much older? Three and six years older than me. Oh, so that's kind of reasonable pacing. Every three years, they yeah. had a kid, yeah.
1: But when you say hippies, I mean were they like so your grandparents are, live in New York mm-hmm. so you had you had did you, like because my family moved to New Mexico, so you oh, you wow. always had a connection to the East Coast,
0: yes, we so, would go visit there right, and that's a big deal, right? absolutely yeah, I, you know new york i'm I'm very comfortable and connected to, right, yeah, because sure. like what so your grandparents actually lived in Manhattan, uh yeah, on my mom's side, and my father's was Long Island. Roslyn. So you,
1: so like, you know, like through your whole life, you're like, you're going to New York. You're going to go stay with grandma and grandpa. Yeah. For a week.
0: Although we, we ended up starting out of Florida naturally. Cause that's where, our that's where they were. ended yeah. up. What part of Florida? Uh, Sarasota. Oh, I don't even know what that's like. It was very quiet. Yeah. But nice,
1: nice and warm. I grew to like Florida. It's a frightening place for most practical purposes, but it, it's,
0: it's yeah, it's crazy, man. Miami is fucking crazy. Bananas. It's like what is happening? here? Everyone's naked and yeah. dancing fast. Yeah, and from countries you don't <laughs> understand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: I don't know know what's happening here. It's got nothing to do with me. This whole idea that it's nothing but Jews is not true. No, no, not anymore. No. It's crazy. And then there's like this weird mixture of Latino culture, old Jewish culture, you know, and then these these French and the Germans vacation there. Yeah. And then there's like the, this sort of weird Southern element. Yeah, yeah. And then in... Uh, uh, oh, yeah. It's crazy. But it's fun. It is fun to go to Florida. All right. So, okay. So you grew up with hippies. What does that
0: mean? What'd your dad do? My dad uh, was a photographer. He worked for the Oakland Museum. Really? And a bunch of other stuff. Like yeah. artsy guy? Yeah. 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 Had his own studio and took photos. So he's, you grew up great. in
1: art, an artistic household.
0: Yeah, and my mom was a school teacher. Wow. Um, she just retired. She she had her own uh, preschool in her house for a while. Yeah. Then she worked at schools, and then for the past God, I want to say ten or fifteen years. Yeah. She, she uh, she's fluent in sign language, so she worked with uh, special needs kids at, at a school in, in Berkeley. Oh my God. Yeah.
1: You like you, you grew up with uh, you know well-adjusted people.
0: Yeah. Good I, people. I'm very lucky. I yeah. Have a great family.
1: Yeah, because when you were coming over here, I'm like, what am I going to get out of that guy? He's not fucked up.
0: <laughs> the, the fucked up thing
1: hasn't happened
0: yet. There's still time. We, uh, Hader always talked. Bill Hader always yeah. talks about how we're like a, a well adjusted generation of comedy. I, I agree with that. It trickled down from it like, me. I think Jack Black and Farrell kind of kicked that off. Yeah. Then trickled down into the Polars and the, and the Seth Myers's and the, i'm just thinking of snl generations but
1: right well i don't know that uh, jack black is necessarily well adjusted you don't
0: think um he's nice that's he's I mean.
1: very nice he's very intense but he doesn't seem I, jealous or angry about anything what well i mean you know after a certain point you're like wh- why should he <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy yeah as he has things has it been rough but who was there like well let's let's get there slowly though so you grew okay. up where in berkeley uh, yeah, grew up in Berkeley, went to Berkeley High School. T- tell me about the Jews of San Francisco, because I, you know, because it's it's not the same. Uh, the San Francisco versus Berkeley, you're saying? Well, no, just talking about the the Bay, the Bay Area Jewish community. Oh, got it. Because like you know, you go to New York, and so you're in cultured East Coast. Sure, so that's where your heart is. Sure, yeah. But there's not that same thing in in the Bay Area. There's not that no. si- same identity. There's not that same like. How are you? You know, like hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: right. It's not e- ev- there. Everyone is not a Sandler character. That's right. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, everyone in Berkeley is just different. Yeah, it's more, it's more hippieish. I mean, it's yes. hyper, hyper liberal, obviously. Right, right, um, and. You know, we weren't raised particularly Jewish, anyhow. Yeah. Although now my family has become much more Jewish. They panic towards the end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a friend of mine, Simon Rich. Do you know him? He's a writer on SNL. Uh-huh. He he writes books and stuff. Yeah. But he yeah. had a quote that made me. Oh, was that uh, that's
1: uh, the uh, Frank Rich's kid? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly.
0: He's a really funny guy, and he worked at SNL for a while. And his quote that I loved was, um, "I'm so relaxed in my life, and I can just take any interest I want and care about whatever I want because I know." as a Jewish man that as soon as I turn 50 all I'm gonna care about is Israel Look, <laughs> <laughs> like, I've made my peace with it you know it's great so like now I'm like oh yeah girls, movies, writing whatever it's like <laughs> The day I turn 50, on a dime, <laughs> everything I talk and think about will be about Israel. <laughs>
1: I do sort of a long bit about that in my comedy special, about the yeah. sort of like this pushing of Israel, it's, Israel
0: consciousness. It's such a crazy thing. All of a sudden, like, I don't know what have it you is. Have been there? I've been there a couple times, yeah. Why? To visit my sister. Your sister lives in Israel? She, yeah, she lives there. Is she doing that whole thing? She's made Aliyah, she's married to an Israeli, and they have two kids there, yeah. Uh-huh. So is she on a, uh, a settlement? No, no, they just have a house. Oh, okay, up north. Yeah, and they love it there. Yeah. What's your feeling about it? I. It's intense, but it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, going to the Wailing Wall is incredible. Yeah.
1: For do you sure. know what you do there? You just sort of stand there awkwardly until you sort of like, okay. Well, you write a little wish yeah, and yeah, yeah. stick it in the cracks. I tracks. just wrote
0: help. <laughs> it just, and, uh, I'm not sure it was answered. And you got the album Help by the Beatles. I did. It was out. delivered to me a week later. Yeah. It was weird from an anonymous... Uh, well, probably from Yahweh.
1: <laughs> yeah, Yahweh sent me help by the Beatles. <laughs> but did you find... Uh, did you feel a connection?
0: Uh, I felt... That it was a very intense place. The energy right. there was really palpable. Not necessarily Jewish either. Just sort of like, no. whoa. yeah, it's beautiful. But you know,
1: we did like Mount Masada and sure. Dead Sea. And Climbed all that. Mount Masada, mm-hmm. floated in the Dead Sea. Yeah, and
0: put mud on yourself. The basics.
1: Yeah, the, you, <laughs> the
0: basic package. Yeah, you
1: went to, and then you like, <laughs> yeah, you went to uh, Jerusalem. You went to Haifa. Uh-huh. You went to uh, Tel Aviv. Yep. yep. Uh, you, you know, they you went to a kibbutz and ate the food there. Yep. Right. And yep. Then, uh, and then you went to the Golan Heights, but you were sort of like, oh, so this is where yeah. it is. Yeah. And, then
0: you- <laughs> and then you buy a, a t-shirt that says <laughs> yeah. Coca-Cola in Hebrew. Yeah, of course. And then you yeah. take off. And then you're done. <laughs> say, see you next time I come.
1: <laughs> I actually went down
0: into Jordan and uh, the Sinai. I went to the Sinai. Yeah, my folks did that. On a they trip. did? They went down into Jordan and said it was incredible. Did they go to Petra. Is that the... The like, City and the Rock? Yes. They went, right? They went. They said yeah. it was absolutely crazy. It's fucking crazy. It's like Indiana Jones, right? That's where they shot it. Yeah. That's where they shot that one thing. The best. You got to choose the old
1: goblet that looks like w- wooden. Well, I may, again, I made the wrong choice. I've not... <laughs> you
0: chose unwisely, and this is where I left you. <laughs> that's why
1: I'm working out of my garage. It could have been worse. Yeah. No, it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> <Right>. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. So you're... You weren't brought up with a lot of the religion, not a ton. No, Bar Mitzvah, not Bar Mitzvah. Oh, so you're really not a good Jew, not
0: way. a great Jew. But uh, now my family does, you know, Shabbat every week, and they do oh high my God. holidays, and you... I fast on Yom Kippur. You do? Yeah. I don't know. I have friends that are, that think I'm crazy. Well, I, I
1: mean, do. I was born on the eve of Kol Nidra. I was born, uh huh. So I get a pass. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm like special. Congrats. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> So so you go to you went to high school in Berkeley. Yeah. And what, were were you focused on show business at that time?
0: I knew that I wanted to be involved in comedy, yeah, from a really early age. Like what made you realize that? Um I don't know. It just we won. not not a movie, not a guy, not a thing. I mean, I started watching SNL real early. Who was that? do you remember who the cast was at that? Yeah, time? it was Lovitz, Hartman Hooks, uh, Carvey. Good one. That that yeah. cast. That's when I first got into it. So you were like me. You like, your parents what you stay up kind of thing? I snuck up. I snuck past them. Really? They thought I was asleep for the first year or two of watching it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I really liked it. But it started because I was into WWF wrestling. Tell and, me about that. Well, there was a, the thing called Saturday Night's Main Event, which was on like every fourth Saturday. It was right. like a wrestling special. And I knew about it, but I didn't yet know how to look at the TV guide or whatever in the paper and learn which night. So every Saturday I would be like, just in case it's on, I would sneak past them, past their room to see it. And then SNL was on when it wasn't on. Yeah. So I just started watching that by default and then started loving that more. You were a wrestling kid? Yeah.
1: (laughs) I was really into it, Did
0: you go to uh... I, I never went. Oh. But I like got my, my parents one time pay-per-viewed WrestleMania for me. It was a huge deal for me. Really? It was the one when Andre the Giant fought Hulk Hogan uh-huh. at the Pontiac Silverdome. Yeah. And that's when I learned the word pandemonium. <laughs> 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 it's pandemonium at the Pontiac Silverdome. It was just, like my favorite. What did you like about it? The spectacle of it? Cause, like, I, yeah, and the characters. Like, but you always knew it was the thing. I learned pretty quickly it was fake. Yeah. But when I first watched I was eight, I didn't know it was fake. Right. But then we had uh, my dad's best friend, my godfather. He was really into it too, but ironically. Yeah. But he loved that his buddy's kid was into it, so we would talk about it all the time. And he he knew all the shit. Yeah. Yeah. My dad's friend, Mark Cohen, yeah. He's, yeah. He's a good dude.
1: But the whole wrestling thing is spectacular. I mean, I wish oh, I yeah. was involved with it. Because it's like, if you can just suspend your disbelief and have a good time with the It's win.
0: really funny. I and mean, you knew all the scripts and everything? Yeah. It's good. I mean, now it's still. Uh, uh, Will Forte did a thing with them as MacGruber. Like went and did like an in the ring like fight at uh-huh. but to promote MacGruber. <laughs> without... Is he also a wrestling fan? I don't know. I had CM Punk
1: in here. The, he's a pretty big wrestler. Is that right? Yeah. and I, I feel like such an idiot because like ninety percent of the time I don't know what I don't know what anyone does. Yeah. And like, and that's complete. <laughs> you know, so so it's just one of those interviews. So I'm like, so tell me, like. uh it's fake, right?
0: Uh-huh. You know, it starts there. Yeah, yeah. And like and he, how, <laughs> and is he not allowed to say, right?
1: No, of course he can say. Oh, but, but they, but they don't. They, that's not the issue with them. Got it. You know, it. the thing is, is that whatever it is, it's hard work, right? And and it's uh, and it's an entertainment,
0: right? And you know, we take it very seriously. Sure, sure. So well, I, know, I buy that. Well, no, it's obviously true. It's like if you ask any touring, you know, stand up, right? They'd be like, so. It's all fun all the time, right? Because you're telling jokes. You're like, no, it's a fucking drag. <laughs> Let's look at the list of dead comics. <laughs> and, yeah,
1: the, the, the list
0: that the road destroyed. <laughs> but you never did stand-up. I did do stand-up. Oh, I did stand-up for seven years on and off before so, Come on. on. Yeah, I never did the road, though, so I don't consider but, myself a But I mean, where did you one. do it? Uh, I started when I was at NYU. I would do The Cellar. And I would do what was then Boston Comedy, Boston comedy Club, Club in yeah. Gotham. And How did I, I miss you? Stand Up New York. When I, was this? I was super low level. I was doing like bringer shows and stuff. Oh, okay. Um, so late night at the cellar? Yeah. I mean, whenever yeah, yeah, Whenever yeah. there was a show I could yeah. do, I would do it. And, you know, uh, at Boston Comedy Club for about a month or two, I worked the door to try and get sets. Yeah, comedy. Yeah. Comedy. I <laughs> was that guy. Yeah. Um, and I, that was when I was in college. Yeah. So that was, 98. Uh, Something like that. What was your act? It was meta. It was goofy. Uh-huh. Uh My uh, Kevin Yarm used to say I was like the Gary Larson of stand-up because all my jokes were like Far Side cartoons. <laughs> so nothing personal, just kind of weird writing. Not a lot of observations, but right. the one I will say when I would do observation stuff, yeah, it was the strongest. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Good people have something to hang on to. Exactly.
1: So you go to high school. Did you do? Uh, did you do sketches and plays and things? And
0: I didn't do plays. Uh, I did. I did um, home movie stuff. Right. Like my, my parents bought a home camcorder and I had a couple buddies that I would shoot dumb stuff with. And I had a buddy, James, that I would record silly raps with too. So, you already, were doing that already in high school, yeah. But you, so you were a rap kid. I was into hip hop, yeah. But I was in a lot of music.
1: But that's the weird thing is because, like, a, you've done a few rap videos. Yes. And, they, and it's kind of infused into your style of comedy. For sure. And, like, I didn't grow up with any of that. No, yeah. And I mean, that's something you grew up with. I didn't have it for sure.
0: I mean, one of the things, I mean, Kevin and Yoram obviously both did too. We, yeah. all, we went to high school together. So right. So we've known each other a long time. Um, and one of the things, you know, that we, Generally, I, I think we we all agree that you know doing raps for comedy if you're a white person is a very slippery slope. Why? Because it's not really your place. Yeah, you know, and also because most uh, people who try it aren't good at it; they just don't sound good. So what? So what?
1: What problems do you have to solve in order to make it okay to do that?
0: Our, in our opinion, it's to a make it sound legit right b have a genuine knowledge of that world and a right. respect for it yeah so it's not just the joke of like yeah like all those rappers do yeah, like the know? black guys exactly right it's I, I feel like every time we do it it's coming from a respect and a love for that culture well yeah definitely we you
1: watch your own. videos and you're like this is well produced <laughs> well thanks <laughs> I mean, that
0: that certainly is what we hope people think when right. we watch them um but even even then sometimes we're like, uh, I don't know if we should be doing this really <laughs> sometimes why? just because uh you know, out of respect, uh-huh for for the fact that we don't we, we're not from that culture, we're fans of that culture
1: but I mean it, but if you really think about it, uh you know, black music in general mm-hmm. has always been enjoyed immensely by white Jewish guys for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Specifically, yeah, that is true.
1: And white Jewish guys historically go on to emulate black music, uh, either performing it or
0: or writing it. It's the truth. And I will also say, hip hop, on the whole, and R and B have become much more the popular music of this country in general and the world. You know, did you so ever get flack? No, I think we've done it right. Yeah, you know, we're the number of times I've. Uh, you know, met or worked with people who really work in the world of hip hop and gotten you know the handshake, yeah. and the nod. Uh, the had, com- I... A complicated handshake or nope, <laughs> totally just straight up. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you this: if it was complicated, I could do that. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> You know all the shakes? I'm familiar. Yeah, yeah. I know (laughs) it all, yeah. You just follow the lead? You're like, this is what we're doing? Very intuitive. Yeah, good for
1: you, man. (laughs) I'd be lost immediately. I didn't know know what a fist bump was
0: you didn't till when no no I know what one is now but oh. the first time it happened some guy held his fist up yeah. I grabbed it you grabbed the fist sure I did That yeah. sometimes when I'm sick but I'm in a situation where I have to meet a lot of people I'll yeah. try and fist bump and be yeah. like say so, hey I'm sick. Yeah, I'm sick
1: I'm sick, I'm sick. Yeah, I'll give yeah, him like
0: yeah. a bash brothers <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> I felt so embarrassed I went back and got the guy and uh-huh. I'm like
0: I know now and you I, gave I, him a bump yeah I gave him a bump I love it so stupid but you had jelly on your knuckles yeah I'm like oh shit I should have wiped <laughs> my hand I'm just not doing this right
1: but uh right, so you don't okay you didn't get any plaque All right, so you're shooting these. you're shooting videos with the guys that you're still with in high school
0: uh no not shooting videos and it was a different buddy of mine that I was doing that with my friend James was in high school we but you're just fucking off yeah but you know for we found it very fun right did you edit then too no no uh I went to I did a little of that shot videos that were just sketchy stuff Mm -hmm. with buddies not Keevan Yorm though what you re-hooked up with them after college so I went to NYU my back two years of college to film school Mm -hmm. Akiva went to Santa Cruz and studied film Yorma went to UCLA and studied theater what do you mean your back two years I did I went to Santa Cruz my first two years UC Santa Cruz you went to
1: UC Santa Cruz yeah and
0: then I transferred in that weird ass fucking town it's the best two years is perfect there oh my god that's some weird hippie shit there it, I'm coming from Berkeley. It wasn't that big of a difference for me. It is weird,
1: though, right? Am I wrong? I mean, I'm just—I'm not talking about the school, per se. Yeah. But I have some weird
0: belief that there's witches in the mountains. Or that... <laughs> the weirdest stuff I encountered was more locals hating the college kids. And that goes on forever. Yeah. Until someone has a bike race and there's a choir. <laughs> and then they have, like, a begrudging respect for one another. Exactly. Hey, you're all right, college kid. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> you biked well.
0: Yeah. That movie... <laughs>
1: So, that was the only tension you felt in Santa Cruz?
0: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, a bunch of friends of mine from Berkeley and Berkeley High School went to Santa Cruz. So, we were all sort of hanging out there together. Yeah, Jesse Thorne, he's a TV guy mm-hmm. or a radio guy. He went to Santa Cruz. He did oh, really? a radio show over there. Maya Rudolph went there, too. Really? Mm-hmm. Were you friends with her? No, she was a couple years before me. Oh, okay. But we're friends now. You are? Mm hmm. You could just call her up and go, hey, what's up? I, we talk all the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> tell her to tell her to come on my show. Okay, I'll tell her. I did. She just came up the other day, and I'm like, I don't
0: know how to get hold of her. She's the dear friend.
1: Yeah, she's funny. She's super funny.
0: Yeah, I saw her at the festival that uh, we were just talking earlier. Holy shit! Festival I could have went and been backstage and like she moves it, it was pretty great. She she heard her friend Gretchen do this Prince cover band. It's Pretty awesome. So, who who was there? Dave Cross, Bob Odenkirk. The whole uh, the Mr. Show experience was what it was called. Are they touring with that? I think so, yeah. Okay, uh, Mighty Boosh did a set which mm-hmm. apparently is very rare nowadays. Well, they I think they live in England, don't they? They do, yeah, but I think even in England, they don't really do oh, okay. live that much anymore. But they did it for, for was it packed out? Yeah, it was huge 9,000 people. Was it hot and gross and uh, we went on with Tenacious D at the end, so it was cool. Okay. It was nice. All the
1: Lonely Island guys did? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, we
0: came out and played with them and their band. It was awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jack asked us. We were just like, absolutely. We've been huge fans of them forever, so. Okay, so you go to Santa Cruz for a while. You get, what are you, what are you studying? Uh, film, but like film history, you know? And, yeah. And they have production cl- courses, but you don't get to really do them until your second two years. Like your, film
1: history. You know. Like who are your guys? Um, that I was learning about or that I like? Yeah, that, I mean, like, because I, I took some film history classes, and there's certain things yeah. that you learn, you're like,
0: oh. Yeah. I took, like, a cl- class on film noir and, like, yeah. learned about Hitchcock and, yeah, uh, you know, all that stuff was awesome. And uh, Western and, class I took. Oh, yeah, the Western was, genres. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was cool. And, yeah. and I wrote papers, you know, final papers for film noir. My paper was about how Metropolis informed Blade Runner. Okay. Because Blade Runner's like not my too big.
1: No, it's not too big a stretch. I, no, that, yeah. that was That seemed like a reasonable paper. I got a B. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Although I didn't. I got what was inferred as a B, because Santa Cruz didn't have grades. They had write-ups at the time. Oh, there just you go. got evaluations. No, the that's best. Like, Some good hippie shit oh, that's there. That's the best yeah, hippie yeah. shit to, to my Hey, look, delight. you tried. And like, uh, hey, you, this, you had a couple points. <laughs> <laughs> the words were on the page. <laughs> and then the Western class, it was just... Uh, it was just a you know eighteen page paper about Blazing Saddles. Oh, you went that way. Yeah.
1: So you probably spent like what six months on Shane and the Searchers mm-hmm. and
0: <laughs> watched a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, true Grit. Oh yeah. And Stagecoach and all that uh-huh. stuff. Yeah. That's- um, and Once Upon a Time in the West which yeah. we watched in, that's what the best part of the Henry about. Fonda one yeah that's crazy that's him as a heavy great. that's fucking great crazy right the and fucking... we learned all that they were like you know before this movie Henry Fonda wasn't exactly right. playing these parts and you're just like how could he ever not have that fucking pure hate in his eye yeah and the soundtrack to that movie is so great it's I mean, that
1: Sergio Leone right yeah, I, yeah. Went,
0: I went and bought the soundtrack on cassette at Amoeba Music in uh-huh. and
1: did you, music? you learn anything yeah, I learned about movies. Yeah, um, is that is that knowledge that you find you draw upon other than in conversation?
0: Definitely with comedy, I do because you know it's it, especially for the kind of stuff that I feel like I and and Lonely Island has done. You know, there's a lot of genre spoofing stuff. Right. It's a lot of like, oh, it's like that moment, but we're making them fun of it. You right, know? right, right, right. Um, and a lot of. My favorite shorts we did were that and stuff we put in the movie we made and stuff like that. Were
1: you aware that you're homaging or yeah. parodying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Tropes really. is Tropes. Good word. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Tropes. If something's been done a bunch of times, we like to point that out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's tropes. Tropes. Yeah. Film tropes. Have you used tropes in a rap song? No. You should. Okay. <laughs> it's a good word. Yeah. Tropes. Tropes rhymes with hecka other words too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does it? Popes, hopes. Ropes. Ropes. Nopes. Cantaloupes. Cantalopes. Antelopes. Antelopes. Yeah. Antelopes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Antal- from antelopes to cantaloupes. Yeah. That's the name of our new podcast we're gonna do together. <laughs> 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 antelopes to cantaloupes. A discussion of tropes <laughs> with Andy
1: Sandberg, Mark Marin. So you go to NY mm-hmm. film school and that and that was the mind blower?
0: That was it? Yeah, I was very happy there yeah it was just all day every, it was it was the first time I started really working yeah and um, what was that work when was the uh, when did you sort of
1: lock into the process
0: pretty yeah. early as soon as they gave me like even a crew of three people and a camera yeah and i go shoot whatever you want and it was like oh this is the thing I've been waiting for my whole life <laughs> <laughs> yeah and when did you start shooting just sketches straight up I mean pretty much that you were writing and short films yeah that I was writing and starring in did... yeah <laughs> i didn't want to be a director i wanted to be a comedian uh-huh. and i knew and you were doing stand-up too yeah started doing stand-up my first year my buddy murray miller who's a writer uh and did stand-up for a long time also he's a writer on girls now um he convinced me to transfer because uh, he had done it and he loved it and we lived together with a couple other buddies and where uh on Bleecker street and near sullivan right uh-huh. near, right near the cellar uh-huh First time we did stand-up, we walked from our apartment to the Boston Comedy Club to do a bringer show. That was the place. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I did shows there. Yeah. What year
0: was that? 98. 98. Yeah, I was gone. Or was I? I was No, I was still there. Yeah. You were around. I liked that room. Yeah, it was good. It was S- fine. Still to this day, Cellar, I think, is my favorite place to do. Cellar's
1: a great place yeah. in New York, definitely. Yeah, Boston Comedy Club, once they... they like, I had been playing there went back before it was Boston Comedy Club. But yeah. once they put the... Uh, the couches in, or the they—it was like not the same place. It was yeah. all one level, right? And then right. they had that back level. I slept yeah. in there once. I had some trouble. Really? Yeah, I slept in that room. Nicely done to let you. Yeah, yeah. Why well, there was no? I just kind of hang out. <laughs> I was, uh, I was in a, it was in a bad place that day.
0: Okay. Yeah. It happens. Sure, it does. I remember working the door there one night, and I, uh I watched a lot of comedy on TV, Um and Jeff Ross showed up, yeah, dressed like a pimp. Uh huh, and it was like the highlight of my life to that point. He walked in, he was <laughs> like, "Hey, how you doing, man?" Yeah, yeah. gave, gave me the nod too, right, him. Jeff I, Ross. And then I just did that roast with him. And I was telling that story actually. Which roast? The James Franco one. That was kind of an interesting roast. It was a little awkward. People it, were pretty diplomatic, I thought. People
1: were, me included. <laughs> it was a little overly diplomatic. Wait, do, oh, that was there was that was the best moment of the roast was between you and Seth Rogen in during the
0: credits. He, he, he told me he was going to burning man or he, no yeah going yeah, to burning. He said man. I'm going to burning man. You're like are you serious? Seriously? <laughs> I love that you got that. I couldn't believe they put it in. I was
1: like, what's the point? I of thought this? that was the most honest moment of the entire world. <laughs> like, like two grown men, and you're like, no, you're not. Why did you? <laughs> it wasn't even a joke. It was just pure like, like, you're you're
0: rich. You can do drugs at your house. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how I read it. You yeah. Know, like, what are you? Why? Why? That was you know? my point. Yeah, it's yeah. disgusting up there. <laughs> <laughs> have you gone there? I've never been. Oh, God, I've never I can't been. imagine I have it. a lot of friends who go and have gone. and Santa Cruz people? Berkeley, Berkeley people? Berkeley people, yeah. Yeah. And I I mean, I've heard all about it. Like, guys set up, like, shower tents. And they yeah, make, I just, I, I, I mean, I didn't like camp. I can't imagine. These girls that I was friends with told me they went, and there's shower tents that are run by men, and they, the guys go, hey, ladies, if you want to come take a shower, yeah. come take a shower. It's free, but we get to wash your hair. What? like straight up <laughs> yeah. and they're so filthy and I yeah. want to shower so bad it's yeah. like olden times where yeah. they're like yes you can stroke my hair strange man <laughs> it's barter so that I can wash off <laughs> yeah. my, my yeah. body and hopefully come down from this ecstasy yeah <laughs> It's my it blows my mind that people would choose to enter that scenario. It's messy. I mean that's the
1: reason I it's the same logic with me in festivals. I'm like I can't Yeah, they're yeah, I just the idea of a porta potty, you know, ninety percent of the time I'm like, Oh, I can't do it. And
0: I pee a lot.
1: Yeah. I mean you gotta do it. Especially if
0: I'm gonna perform in some way. Yeah. There's a lot of fight or flight. Really? You have nervous pee? Pee pee almost every time before I perform, yeah.
1: That's better than shitting your pants or throwing better, yeah. Yeah, peeing. I never even heard that one.
0: Really? Yeah. I think it's like pretty sweating, standing.
1: shitting, vomiting, peeing. Peeing, yeah. Uh, the, peeing's a new one. I'm the pee
0: yeah, one. Yeah. Things are working out for you. <laughs> you yeah, know, it seems like you know, you've had a pretty smooth sail. It could have been shitting. Yeah. It could have been shitting. Or yeah. vomiting. Yeah. Although I did throw up the night before my SNL edition. You did? I did. Good for you. Yes. I was, yeah. I was You paid your dues, man.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Never hit the road as a stand up, but I did barf that one time.
1: Well, how did that, so how did that come about? What was the, um, uh, so were you still at NYU when, you know, when you started doing the YouTube thing?
0: Uh, no, that was graduated, went back to Berkeley for the summer, yeah. uh, to figure out what I was going to do. What were your options? Were you like, you know, this is all bullshit. I'm going to- I knew- Sell taluses. No, <laughs> no, I knew I wanted to do comedy. Yeah. I figured maybe I would like get a job as an assistant editor or something and sort of start slowly figuring it out. Um, had you done some editing in college? Are you a confident editor? I mean, what do you... I, I thought I was, but I was terrible. Uh-huh. Um, and especially after meeting Akiva and now Yorma. They're both, like, really good. Second nature. Yeah. Yeah. Self-taught, just incredible. Yeah. Um. And I'm a sloppy mess. Yeah. Who's in love with the footage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we can't lose that. Yeah, that's the best part, is yeah. that long pause before the line that's not working. <laughs> yeah there's like let us fix this please and i was like oh you guys made me look so good yeah uh but yeah so i just randomly bumped into yorm on the street i think in berkeley yeah we were still friends and in touch but uh we he finished
1: out at UCLA at
0: ucla and he had been in akiva's student films at santa cruz right and so we kind of hung out one night and showed each other all the stuff we had made. Yeah. And we were like, oh, we, we, we all want to do the same thing. Yeah. You know, we're into the same kind of really goofy but, comedy stuff. But it wasn't
1: music yet, necessarily. No. No. Okay.
0: Definitely not. Um, it was much... We were all doing kind of sketchy genre-based comedy, though. Right. Um, and tropes. S- and very, very zany. Yeah. Right. Zany tropes. Yeah. Zany tropes. <laughs> that would have been the name of it. It's her. a sketch group. High bra sketch group. <laughs> Um, so the three of us had a meeting at Yorm's mom's house. Yeah. Um, did she have cookies and stuff or? She might have had cookies. Yeah. <laughs> there was definitely refreshments. Oh, good. Uh, maybe even a brew at that wow. time. Wow. You, know? you guys were old enough. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. We're grown grownups now. Graduates. College yeah. graduates. Yeah. We have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we were like, we definitely want to work together. Let's do, let's make so This stuff. is like a real meeting. It's yeah. Like we're making an agreement. Yeah. It was super official. Show business. Yeah. 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 And... We were like, our choices are we could uh, live real cheap in Berkeley, maybe yeah. even like in the basements of our parents' homes and start shooting stuff and putting it together. Yeah. Or we could move to L.A. and know that we'll struggle for a couple of years. If not forever. If not forever. But <laughs> yeah. but with the idea of making things and sort of be absorbed into the system a little right. bit. And hope that, you know, something caught. So we decided to go to L.A. Yeah. Um. So we moved down here. I immediately started trying to do stand-up as much as I could. And we started shooting stuff and writing stuff, and we all worked super shitty jobs. And Where'd you work? We temped a lot for the first year. I worked uh, the night shift at a uh, film coloring house called Company 3. And then, you know, on the weekends and in our time off, we would write stuff and shoot stuff. And we started putting together a website. Um, and Akiva's brother, uh, Micah, was way ahead of the curve on web stuff, so he helped us out a lot Yeah, um, and helped us get... Um, you know
1: was it called lonely planet or lonely well, island still
0: yeah f- basically from the beginning when we decided to make a website we called it the lonely mm-hmm. yeah um and yeah kind of just went from there slowly got better jobs i kept doing stand-up we kept shooting stuff fell in with harman and shrub and did channel 101 for a while at the beginning yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, they had been doing it as like this sort of just their friends at a house thing. Right. And then they when they expanded it to actually like at a restaurant, it was at that place Koi? Is that the name of the restaurant? Koi on Vine? Uh, yeah. It was a, like a Thai food restaurant. is where it started before it moved to um, on Hollywood. But
1: how'd you meet Harmon? I mean, that must have been sort of a... Through our agent. Oh, really? Yeah. Jay Gazner. UTA. So you guys had... You were represented. You got yeah. agents pretty quick.
0: Uh, I want to say... Three and a half to four years of living in LA, you and an then you
1: agent. meet like this this uh, drunken genius. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, who <laughs> like that,
1: I, can't, I couldn't think of two people more sort of physiologically and emotionally different than than
0: uh, you two. Oh, me and Harmon. Yeah. Yeah, but we loved him. Yeah. Loved him. No, he's I mean, great, him and Shrod, we got along so well. Still wait, wait, do.
1: But the weird thing about Harmon is like, you know, you meet a lot of people in your life that are creative people or yeah. people call them geniuses, but within about 10 minutes, you're like, oh my God, this guy's like, he's doing like that, that three level chest in his brain about everything. His, his
0: brain is on fire. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's like the, it, it's just insane. So for us, it was like. And also seeing the work he was doing, even just for Channel 101, yeah. you know, like a laser fart or something, you know, where you're like, but it has perfect story structure <laughs> and is like nailing all these things that we recognize as really smart. So that's what you learned from him? Yeah. And also he was just a little bit older than us and super jaded, but also encouraging. Right. He was like, I hate everything and I like you guys, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and and you have something and encouraged us a lot and, you know, took us into the fold of both of them, Rob yeah. too, into the Channel 101 fold. And, and we, you know, it was like you describe, like a young man or woman getting their first job and getting like a jingle in their pocket. It makes yeah. you sort of roll and you get a little confidence. Yeah. It was sort of creatively that for us. Right. Where we were like, hey, we're screening these things. We're seeing audiences react positively. We're getting good feedback even in these little like message boards and stuff like that. It's just a good way to build your confidence and learn what you're good at and what you're not good at.
1: Validation is helpful. It is. For any animal. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Even plants.
0: Yeah. Plants like it. Yeah. A little water. Good for you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> keep a keep going. <laughs> Here's there a little you go.
0: <laughs> Don't die. Yeah. Then we, through the agents, started going and pitching ideas for shows to Comedy Central and cable networks and stuff. And you're like, what, 28? Younger. 20, because I was 27 when we got SNL, and that was right. 2005. So, yeah, like 24 through 26. Right. Um. Young energy. The people like it. Bring Young the energy. kids in. Yeah, What are the kids up to? What are the kids up to? What are they doing? Yeah, yeah. What is this internet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how do I get it?
1: On the computer?
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, and then we always tell that story is that we had a website, but we still had to give everyone VHS tapes because yeah. no one would. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It was just right before.
1: No, but this is, it, it happened up until like three or four years ago. Yeah,
0: I mean, really, like you know, to get
1: them to get out of that paradigm where it's like you have a thing, uh, something I can look at. Yeah, just uh, on on your computer on your desk. Mm -hmm. You go on the uh, the internet.
0: You want to watch it on my computer. (laughs) Well, I'm watching it on the TV. I like, think it's going to look worse. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> made for the computer. <laughs> and then there was a big transition where we were like, hey, we got to give people DVDs. So we got, you know, right. you got to get a tower with a DVD burner on it. Yeah, so, yeah. The DVDs were, sort, sort. You know? that was the next phase. Yeah, and you're like, hey, we made a menu. Yeah, We have like a proper menu. You can <laughs> scroll through. I guess <laughs> like, this is some high tech shit. One trope, two trope. <laughs> <laughs> so... All right. So, so yeah. then, what? So then, so, what happened
1: to the? How would you do the? How the SNL thing happened?
0: Well, we uh, we had done a couple pilots that didn't happen. For what? You know, full full length pilots. Full. Uh, one was a presentation for Fox, but we made. What it was that, length. Jeff? It was called Awesome Town. Yeah. And It was a sketch show. It was a Lonely Island sketch. It was basically the digital shorts the show right is how i would describe what it would have ended up being
1: so none of you were trying to to do half hour scripted or anything like that it was no. always sketch driven
0: we had an idea for a show that we pitched to comedy central basically twice which was essentially just our lonely island version of the tenacious d show or what would then become the flight of the concord show right which is just m- music comedy music about guys who live in a very low income situation right, (laughs) and are trying to like, you know, go through weird adventures. Yeah. Um, and then it kicks into music videos every now and again. Right. Um, and that was not to be, um, (laughs) and then the awesome town was a sketch show that had videos in it also. Right. And then, you know, everyone almost did it and everyone passed. And then we were just doing anything we could. So we, my same buddy, Murray Miller, who asked me to move to NYU and asked me to do stand-up with him the first time and said I should move to L.A., Yeah, uh, got us a job writing for the MTV Movie Awards, Okay, which was at that time produced by Joel Gallon. Yeah. And the first year we did it was Lindsay Lohan, and we wrote for it and did pretty good. Split one writer's uh, $500 fee a week (laughs) three (laughs) ways. Yeah. And then the next year they asked us back, and it was Fallon. Yeah. Fallon hosted. Right. And he brought with him... Mike Shoemaker, Steve Higgins, a ton of SNL writers. Right. And we were there, and we just hit it off with all of them. It was so much fun. And we were part of writing two of the pre-tape pieces, which are a huge deal. For, yeah. You know, yeah. it was like a Star Wars spoof and a Batman spoof. So we ended up hanging out with those guys all the time, shooting, and they had invited us over, and we hung at the hotel and got wasted, and we're laughing and having a great time, and the show went great. And um, I had just done Premium Blend, uh stand-up so, short set, eight minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Cut down to five. Right. So we had like stuff for them to yeah. check out. Because right. they I think the word basically that we got later was they like us. Jimmy likes us. Mike and Steve like us. Yeah. What do they have? So they looked at it and they were like, you know, we should recommend these guys to Lauren. Right. Um so because I had the premium blend and the stand-up experience, I think they saw me as more of a performer. So I went first I found out I was going to audition. I went out and did it. Kevin Yoram helped me write an audition. What was it? I mean, I didn't have impressions or characters. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it was stand up, right? Um, and then a lot of it was just shit that was kind of goofy that we made up. Yeah. You know, the week before. What does that mean? Like I was, uh, I didn't have impressions, so I was like, okay, I'm going to do an impression. This is Alan Rickman and Die Hard. Yeah. And then the whole thing was just McClane yeah thank you you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. like sure meta bitty yeah, yeah stuff yeah. like that right and a lot of it was sort of the in-between of it was so how to... many hoops did you have to jump through? so you did the audition in a club and then the studio straight and then... no straight to the studio okay yeah did it went pretty good i was yeah. like figured i would not be asked to do anything more than right that. Um, and then you got to, to do the Lorne meeting no, the, then I was told that they wanted to meet audition again yeah. in a month Okay, or three weeks or something. Yeah. And also that they were going to offer Akiva and Yorma auditions. Uh-huh. And Akiva didn't have any interest in being a performer. Yeah. Yorma did. Yorma auditioned with me the second time. Yeah. And Akiva had a, a Lorne meeting. Yeah. Um, and I think all of them went well. Right. Um. And I did then fly out to have the Lorne meeting to be told I was hired. Yeah. And I flew with Bill Hader, who yeah. already knew he was hired, because Marcy Klein had told him. Yeah. But I didn't know, also had told him that I was hired. Yeah. But no one. From but the... no one had told me. Right. So I'm sitting next to Bill on the flight out to New York to have yeah. this meeting, being like, "Man, I wonder what's going to happen. Like, are they going to hire us both, or do you like have to impress him in the meeting, and then you find out you're hired?" And poor Bill was sitting there, knowing we were both hired, but was like, "I didn't want to be the one to tell you that you were hired. Yeah, but you want to hear it from someone at the show. Yeah, because then you'll be all confused and blah, blah blah." So he was very sweet and did not tell me. He didn't tell you. Didn't tell me. Oh. Which I'm grateful for. Yeah. It. And then I went and I had the meeting with Lauren, which basically was like, so do you think you can do this? And I was like, yeah, definitely. He's like, and you're okay living in New York? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I've lived here before. I love New York. He's like, cool. And would you be willing to cut your hair at all? And I was like, yeah, I'd shave a bald if that's what you want. (laughs) Uh, And he goes, okay, well, we're all going to go out for dinner after this, so you should come. And I was like, okay, cool. And I walked out, and I was like, I still don't know if I'm fucking hired. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know until... Uh, Did you go out to dinner? No, I knew right after, because people who worked in his office, uh, Jen Danielson and Lindsey Shookus and some people who still work there, uh, were giving me these looks like, so? Yeah. Like, aren't you so excited? And yeah. I was like, am I hired? And yeah. they're like, yes, you're hired, yes. And at that point, I didn't know until they told yeah. me. Um, so then went out to dinner and... With Lorne? With Lorne and... Bill, and there were some cast, too. I think Finesse Mitchell and maybe some other folks that were in town. Where'd you go to dinner? This place, Latanzi. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, And I remember when we were leaving, Conan was there. Yeah. And I was like obsessed with Conan my whole life and I got to meet him and be told like hey this guy just got hired on SNL and he's like oh congratulations very good and I have a picture of me and Conan like the night I found out I got SNL you were obsessed with Conan? yeah for sure why? cause his show was insane yeah I mean I loved <laughs> yeah. it yeah I still love it he's, Yeah, he's super funny yeah 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 and you know also knew he had worked on The Simpsons and that time when The Simpsons really uh-huh. changed my brain a lot And
1: so how did like after dinner
0: did Lauren go see you later? <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) kind of. He doesn't say congratulations. He doesn't say welcome. Yeah, It's just like, okay. I think his attitude with everyone he hires is, you know, I'm not going to ever let you know that I'm excited. Because I'm not until you prove that you're doing it well and making the show good.
1: Did he ever show his excitement?
0: Uh, There was a point it reached... While working there, where he would say that was really funny, yeah, or like, hey, really nice job tonight, yeah, stuff like that, yeah, um, and you know, but not a lot, yeah, because if he does, it's like you know he's like the dad with fifty kids, right, and they all want his approval all the time. If he's too positive, then everybody's just, uh, you have to live in fear a little bit, I think, sure, or a lot, yeah. (laughs) Well, depending (laughs) on how it's going. Who was there when you got there? It was a huge cast. My first year was Will Ferrell still there? No, he had left, and Jimmy had left. Uh-huh. Tina was still there, but she was on maternity leave half the season. There's like 20 people there when you were there. I want to say 16. Wow. Uh, but the craziest thing that I always talk about is my first season was the f- the female cast that was there. Yeah, Tina, Amy, Maya, Dratch, and Wig were the only, those were the girls. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, that's five all-time best. Funniest people, yeah. Fun, yeah, incredible. Yeah. And then on the other side, it was, you know, me, Bill, Jason, and Wig, or sorry, because she came in with us, but uh, Parnell, um, Finesse, Keenan, Forte, Fred. Yeah. Uh, Horatio. Yeah. Um, maybe that's all of them. Seth. Uh-huh. Um, Who was doing update? It was... Polar still? It was Tina and Amy. Right. And Horatio did it when Tina was out. Right. Horatio Sands? Yeah. My first ever update on the first episode, Horatio was filling in for Tina. Uh Uh-huh. Which was... It was cool. It was super weird.
1: Now, when you were there, were you conscious of how it was supposed to work?
0: How did you learn how it worked? Uh, The best... The best friend we had in that department was Mike Shoemaker. Mm-hmm. He was someone who would actually talk to new people and be like, hey, don't get down about this. This is pretty common. Yeah. You might want to steer things more this way. That usually works. Um, but also the thing about SNL that everyone says and really is true is there's no one right way to go about it. Right, And it turned out to be incredibly true for us because the way that I succeeded there and the way me, Kevin and Jorm together succeeded was by going... And taking the initiative and shooting our own stuff, right? Because it's so much easier to show somebody some, that something's funny than to tell them,
1: right? And you were creating complete pieces, yeah. So we're like, did. here's your piece. This is the right time, yeah.
0: And to their credit, they you know they encouraged us. We they we had shot a bunch of stuff before we worked there. Kevin Yarm had shot an idea we had had and showed it to them and said, "Would you ever air this?" And they said, "If it had cast in it, yes." Because there's so much cast right now, we just right. have to make sure cast is in the show. Okay, um, easy adjustment. Yeah. So the f- the first one that we did was me and Forte called Lettuce, uh-huh. uh, where it's just us sitting on a stoop having like a really emotional conversation and then taking huge bites of l- heads of lettuce. Not a music. Not a music. Uh-huh. Like a melodrama co- uh, parody. So this is sort of like the Albert Brooks model in a way. Uh, yeah, closer. Yeah, definitely. Right. And then, um, and then the second one that aired was Lazy Sunday, which was. The Parnell, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: and then it was like, okay, these guys, you know, keep making them, basically.
1: Okay, Um, so you were able to sort of carve out your own little production company within SNL.
0: Yes, it's very, very unique situation, Um, but also
1: like the the there was a shift going. Like, I mean, I I remember some of the press that you were getting around that time was that there was a self starting element that you know because you were with these guys that were hip to the technology, yeah, that you guys could just go do it.
0: Yes. And, and it was a huge advantage for me. Yeah. Incredible. I mean, I can't put enough emphasis on it. Where and, uh, the ideas that we got away with... Yeah. Would not have worked in the live setting. Right. And But you didn't... So how long before you were integrated fully into the live setting? Um, I want to say like my fifth season. Really? Out of seven. Because there was also like... I... I got much better at it. Yeah. But coming in, my strength was not in sketch. Right. Or characters or impressions. You know, along the way, I ended up finding a lot of impressions that worked for me. Right. Um, But that wasn't why they hired me. Right. You know, and that wasn't what people wanted for me that were watching the show, especially after we started doing the shorts. Yeah. And I'm looking across the table at people like Hater and Wig, right. Who are like born for SNL Live. Yeah. Like, no one can do it better than that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, and Fred, you know, all of them, they're incredible. Right. Yeah. So, I, I was happy that I had a, a,
1: a niche thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause, cause my, my sensibility was much more driven in that direction anyway.
1: And it was also like, uh, it was like, it was the new direction in a way. I mean that, you know, that these guys could just do this thing. Cause yeah. it was like, it changed the texture of the show. Yeah. I mean, you know, they yeah. would have their commercial parodies or whatever, yeah. but I mean, you could tell like when, you know, one of your pieces came in, that it was this fully producing in a way that they didn't generally
0: produce things. In general, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we, in my opinion, we were in, in the, uh, the same lineage as, you know, the Christopher Guest, Harry Shear stuff. Right. And the Albert Brooks stuff. Right. And, you know, the McKay stuff that he did before he left. Yeah. And, um... And even you know Eddie Murphy used to do a bunch of pre-taped stuff, right? So there's a place for it. The white like me thing was huge for us. We loved that. Yeah. Um, So, but to do it so on our own and so slick, I think was a new thing. Did you use the uh, facilities at NBC? Uh, not at first. And then it became a thing where we started using a big crew through the show.
1: Right. So initially you were still doing it like, you know, on the computer with you and- Yeah. Running The guys.
0: I mean, the first few, I think we just edited in our office. Right. And excluding songs that we made for our albums, we recorded all the songs in our office. We wouldn't even go into like a studio. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, we have- we have pictures of, you know, so many incredible people just in our office on this freestanding shitty mic, yeah. you know, like <laughs> yeah. just, Justin Timberlake and Tom Hanks and Natalie Portman and Rihanna and, uh-huh. you know, it, it's it's the thing about that show that's cool. It's, well, it's the
1: thing about, like, even this, that,
0: you know, you realize that because of how
1: advanced technology has become, you know, you yeah. can really, you can kind of just set
0: up yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like it right. doesn't require as long as you have something that's interesting or funny to listen to or look at yeah yeah I, yeah. completely it's the the best thing about the time we're living in for entertainment
1: yeah and what uh, what was the biggest one the uh, the The Justin Timberlake one I think Dick in a Box is the yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I've said before and I'm fine with yeah, that it'll that's the thing that it will be in my obituary
1: <laughs> dick in a box <laughs> just in quotations mm-hmm. they will be on your your gravestone <laughs> yeah i'll take it so <laughs> now when when you left you won an emmy for that right
0: yeah music and lyrics emmy that's hilarious it says dick in a box on it
1: now do you own do you, do you own your publishing
0: uh we own the stuff at snl I'm not even sure how it ended up shaking out. I think a part of it. Yeah. But, you know, you're in a blanket deal with sure. NBC at that point. They, so they own all the content. Yeah, but partly that was why we, we made a record deal. Right. So at a certain point, we turned around and we started bringing songs we had made over summers on our albums into the show. Right. And doing videos. So for- you already own the, sh- the songs. Exactly. Right. I mean, and- So they could own the video. And at the time, you know, a big part of wanting to do that was so they could be on YouTube. Right. Um, Just
1: so they could be available and freed up.
0: Yeah. And not even in reaction to not wanting them on Hulu or NBC.com. Right. In reaction to uh, them being able to be online anywhere at all. Right. There was a long time where they were just not anywhere. Right. Because they were like, no, 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 no. We have syndication deals that can't go on the internet. Right. And that was the the initial argument, right? And then it became a thing of like, hey, we have like international people watching YouTube that want to see these, and they can't see it on Hulu, and they can't see it on NBC.com. And eventually, with the record deal, we got it, so it could be on our own YouTube channel. But it also, at a certain point, Hulu started showing the digital shorts internationally because we wanted it so bad.
1: Yeah, but that, but but ultimately, with the with the music releases, the albums, and and the songs themselves, yeah.
0: You have complete control over that now. Uh, Yes. The ones that we made for our albums. Right. Yeah. And you still make songs. We do. We just put out an album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it does well? Yeah. I mean, we have... For comedy records, we sell really well. And when you left SNL, what what was your impetus? What was your plan? Um... To sleep more. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't have a specific idea of what I wanted to do. I just knew that I was You want to do movies? Burnt. I did and still do. I love movies. Yeah. Um Definitely wanted to do more album stuff. Right. Maybe tour. We're still talking about maybe tour. But touring. that's
1: all within your control. Now your experience with movies has been what? Has been like in which part of
0: it? Well, I mean, like,
1: I mean, <laughs> sort of, it must be a bit of a struggle. I mean, because I just know that you know when you have a thing that you have control over and you really dictate yeah. how it goes. I mean, coming out of SNL and being in that type of environment, and then yeah. sort of carving out this niche for yourself where you can sort of make a living and generate creatively. Yes, and then entering, you know, mainstream movies. You know, even right, with right, right. like Adam Sandler in mm-hmm. a project that you know the there's a uh, the the burden of expectation and and investment is much different.
0: Yes. And also, you know, your own level of control is diminished completely. Yeah. Um, What's your experience been with that? It's been a mixed bag. Yeah. You know, but I think anyone who's tried their hand in the movie business would say that. Right. the, The frustrating thing about movies is you work so fucking hard on them. Months. Month, y- A year yeah. plus, and if you include, you know, for an actor doing press, yeah. uh, oftentimes that's multiple months of press, yeah. which is something no one ever talks about because, you know, you're not supposed to complain about having to do press because right. your life is privileged and I yeah recognize that right but it's still something you have to spend your time on
1: oh yeah so yeah, everywhere you go you, you want to do yeah. the morning show and the thing right well, what is it is it radio or tv it's local tv it's like oh really yeah, yeah. no yeah, it, yeah. It, it, okay. the
0: studio would really like it yeah. if you did it you're like okay now yeah, okay, well, okay. i know what that means yeah. i'm doing it
1: <laughs> we do a radio show at a mall i don't know <laughs> we
0: like there's this thing where kids just throw eggs at you yeah. okay yeah. is it gonna yeah, it's no. big in the area yeah but you know you do it because you know they pay you and it's a movie and you want it to do well and and you don't want to seem ungrateful because you're you're not you appreciate how big a deal it is um and they're putting your face on billboards all over town and yeah it's fucking awesome right um but the things that dictate whether a movie does well or not now are so seemingly uh random you know like the number of comedies, especially, that come out, they yeah. just eat shit. Yeah. And then 10 years later, people go like, I actually like that. Yeah. You know? Like, it's like all of them. <laughs> yeah. Where were you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's all. It doesn't count now. So, you know, we had a really good experience in the making when we did, Me, Keev, and Jorm, you know, put together that movie Hot Rod. Yeah. Which making was incredibly fun because we re- we really did have control and uh, we really stand by that movie as a weird, you know, interesting yeah. sort of comedy experiment movie. And that's the one I get, you know, the most when I go out, you know, yeah, people, comedy people and, you know, comedy fans are like, hey, that movie, Howard, me and my buddies watch it and we quote it. And blah, yeah. blah, Um Which is, was our intent. Right. You know, we wanted to make like a Billy Madison, Wet Hot American Summer kind of a movie. Right. Uh, however, the studio wanted it to be Wayne's World. Yeah. You know, they wanted it to be a big summer movie. And once that engine starts churning, uh, they will market it the way that they want it to be received and the way they want it to perform. And they're not wrong and we're not wrong because they are like, you know, we spent X amount. We want to make X amount. Right. Um, I think we were naive going into it, you know, not understanding exactly how important that was. Difference was. Right. Um, we were just trying to make each other laugh. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Business was not really uh... a. <laughs> no. We were, you know, it was our, the summer after our first season of SNL, we shot that movie. Right. So we were incredibly green. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> were there consequences? I mean, you know. I like to pretend like you know your movie doesn't make a lot of money your career doesn't get colder yeah but it does yeah you know in terms of that the cool thing at that time was we went back on to SNL the next season and the first show we did uh, this digital short called I Ran So Far with Adam Levine that is in my opinion one of the best we ever made yeah and all these news outlets picked up on it and everyone was like oh shit that was great yeah these yeah these guys are still good oh good you know so you get that second lease on life when you have that home base to go back to sure Um, and you know, now, like I said, people who I care about their opinion tell me that they really like Hot Rod.
1: But now have you had this experience again though, like with the Sandler movie or anything else?
0: The Sandler movie, you know, was something I was dying to do because he's one of my heroes. Yeah. You know, I grew up watching him. Right. Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, two of my favorite comedies ever made. Yeah. And I read this script and I was like, I get to play Sandler's son. Yeah. You know? How could that be bad? How could that be bad? Yeah. I've met him a few times at this point. He's been so kind to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he called me just cold at SNL to tell me, great job. Like yeah. in the first season I was there. Oh, that's nice. You know, he's just yeah. a great guy. Yeah. And I thought the script was funny and I get to work with Sandler. Right. I knew that it wouldn't be something where I was like controlling. The tone of it. Right. But I knew it was going to be funny and it was going to be him being crazy, which excited me. Yeah. Uh, and I had so much fucking fun making that movie. Right. You know, I don't... There's not even a, a cell in my body that regrets doing it. Right. And now he's a friend and, you know, I, I think that movie was very funny. Yeah. There's definitely tonal things that are Happy Madison things. Yeah. That are not the same as, like, a Lonely Island thing. Right. Where, you know, they appeal... In different ways to a different audience. Uh, But that said, you know, I went to that premiere and all my friends were there that work in comedy and everyone was like, dude, that movie was fucking funny. Yeah. Nice job. Yeah. And I, as a a fan of Sandler, seeing him play a fucking maniac, you know, his character in that movie is crazy. Yeah. It's the craziest and dirtiest he's been. Since those early movies or those early albums, sure. So to get to like sit there and watch him do that every day on set was like fantasy camp. For
1: yeah, yeah, me. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, and I do think you know, obviously the expectation on a Sandler movie at this point is it makes a hundred million dollars. Yeah. But it made I don't know like forty something yeah. like that. And yeah. for me, I'm like. That's pretty good. It's four times more than what High Rod made, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it's uh, you know it'll be on cable forever. Sure. And there's people that all the time in the street stop me and go, "Hey, that's my boy." Yeah, <laughs> love that movie, man. That was super funny. Blah blah. And I'm like, yeah, I you know, uh, it's that's good. You just got to take your cuts, right? And is there a do,
1: type of movie you want to do?
0: Um, just whatever I whatever I think would be fun to make and will end up being interesting. Are you working on one now? No. Yeah? I, you, did, I did one with Rashida Jones that was like an indie uh, oh, called right. Celeste well, and Jesse Forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one was funny-ish, but also like slightly dramatic. Right. And I just liked the part, and I liked the script. it was a good time? Super fun. I mean, intense, because it was acting for real, and I didn't know how to do that, but... <laughs> <laughs> do you, are you working on that? Uh, I worked on it then for that. You took classes and stuff, or you worked with no, a coach? No. no. Uh, yeah, I met with a lady like one time, and she sort of was like... So try and, like, think about what the character would feel at this moment. Like, you know, basic stuff that you would think you would think.
1: Was that an hour well spent?
0: I think so. (laughs) You know, like, the same way, like, seeing a therapist is a good idea because it just makes you acknowledge things a little bit. Yeah. But you know, like, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. You always know, but sometimes you just need to like get it's it out. It's one of those there. things where you just, I think you got to do it
1: and keep doing it. And, you know, you got to just take yeah. whatever opportunity you can. And obviously, yeah. in the position you're in, the pressure is a little more intense. You can't sort of like, I'm just going to do whatever it takes for me to act. And, you, know, like,
0: <laughs> you just yes. watch your pay grade go down. Sure. But at the same time, I, I've already done more than I ever thought I would do. I mean, I really mean that. Yeah. Like, I, I was going to be happy just doing stand-up yeah like i love comedy it's all I've ever i can tell about.
1: you right now that would not have happened
0: <laughs> you would not have
1: been happy just doing stand-up
0: uh some people well yeah i mean everyone eventually if you're if you're so good at stand-up and so successful at stand-up you end up doing other stuff yeah uh well no i mean i think to be just a stand-up mm-hmm. is uh it's
1: definitely a noble undertaking but i, I think that you were you know your vision is different
0: Yes. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I'm very, very happy. I'm doing what I'm doing. How your parents feel about about your life? They they couldn't be more thrilled. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, one more thing about the Celeste and Jesse thing. I did that just sort of because I trusted uh, Rashida and that script. And yeah. I thought it'd be an ex- interesting experiment. And uh, now I'm doing this show, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, with Mike Schur.
1: That's right, with uh, Chelsea and everybody. I I wanted to talk about that. It's doing well, right?
0: It's doing, yeah. It just got picked up for the full season. Mike Schur told me, I've always found your stuff funny, but we were thinking of who we would want to be the lead in this show. And because I saw Celeste and Jesse and saw you play things slightly more real in pockets, I thought, oh, hey, there's a guy who could handle the responsibility of both and that yeah.
1: whole show you're sort of like the center of a duo of a it's you and the chief or it's uh, more of an
0: ensemble right it's like parks and record yeah. the office but we're detectives uh-huh um but yeah, the, the Fox has put it out there as me and Andre Brouwer more, because that's the sort of con- yeah. contentious relationship that drives it in the beginning. See, I we feel sh- like
1: an asshole. I got to watch no, it. it's all right. No, no. no it's, it's TV. Not all right. It's not all right. It's on the DVR. Let me beat myself up. <laughs> they count DVR now. Okay, I'll go watch all of
0: them. Can I do it on demand or whatever? I bet. I okay. Bet, I bet it's on Fox. Can we sit and watch them with me? Yeah, I'll hang all out. You. you want me to give you like a DVD commentary? <laughs> yeah, would you? Oh, man, he was sick this day. <laughs> Listen to his voice, you can <laughs> tell. <laughs> Oh my God, she does not know how to hold a gun. So you're working. That's good, man. And yeah. You, and
1: you just got picked up for the rest of, uh, for a whole season,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. And you got married? I got married, yeah, about uh, three or four four weeks ago. Just now. Five, five weeks how ago. How long were you with her? Uh, six years. Oh, so it's time. It was time. Where'd you get married? In Big Sur. At the Post Ranch? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, it was great. I
1: stayed across the street at Ventana. Ventana, Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, one time we were staying at Ventana, Ventana The first time I ever went to Post Ranch We went there for dinner
1: Right, that's what we did, yeah
0: And we were like, oh, we gotta switch over <laughs> But
1: it's <laughs> like twice as much, right? Yeah, it's crazy But it's crazy, that that restaurant It's like, is it gonna
0: fall? We... No, it's the best
1: It's really stunning uh, up there It really crazy, is yeah.
0: And she, what does she do? She's a musician uh-huh. jo- Her name's Joanna Newsom. She plays harp and piano and sings and writes songs Wow. She's fantastic. Like a classical musician? Uh, It's kind of, she's got classical influence, but it's generally categorized more as like folk singer songwriter. Uh But it's not, I mean, I wouldn't put her in the same category as most people who are called that. It's very unique. Wow. Yeah. So you have that in the house. She's the best. It's crazy. Her music's incredible. Wow. I can't talk it up enough. I met her at her concert. I'm a super fan. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm very it's happy. It's going to take a lot for you to <laughs> fuck your life up. <laughs> it's going to take a lot. It's be a lot of heroin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, don't get started too soon. Okay.
1: Thanks, man. Thank you. That's it. That's our show, folks. I hope you enjoyed that. I um, I'm still naked. This is the uh, the bookend. And uh, Andy was uh, a pleasure to talk to. Please go to WTFPod.com, get the app, the free app. Uh, you can uh, upgrade for a few bucks and stream all 458 episodes of WTF. You can uh, leave a comment. Uh, you can uh, get on the mailing list, and I'll, and I'll send you an email every week that I that it's actually thoughtful in person. I don't, I'm not a big plugger, I'm not a plugger of things. God damn it, i got to do some new stand-up. I'm not doing it naked, I don't have that kind of courage. I can do this naked, but I can't do that naked. They had a show where people did naked comedy. I don't know if I'm in, I I guess I do have some body issues. I mean, it's not like, oh God, just the thought of being on stage naked is horrifying. All right, I'm okay, I'm okay. Okay, you okay? I'm okay. (laughs) Boomer lives!